welcome to Mucky Landing, population 687 and a half. It's an odd little backwater in a lower, slower corner of the tiny state of Delaware, mostly known for being not too far from someplace you'd rather be. I'm Virgil Slatter. Me and my partner Harmon Truesdale own the Mucky Landing Market Diner and Hardware Emporium at the corner of St. Jones and Broad. If you decide this is finally the weekend to pile the family in the car and take that road trip down to the Nutter D. Marvel Carriage Museum in Georgetown to see the world's largest frying pan and jammed up here by mistake, well, that's how most folks find Mucky Landing, unless they were born here. You be sure to stop by and say hi. If it's Monday, be sure to stop in for Harmon's Baked Bologna Stuffed Muskrat with Chipotle Apple Butter Chips. Mucky Landing, a sort of a podcast. Season 1, Episode 7, The Mama Lorian. Stay tuned at the end of this episode to hear who won our first anniversary giveaway and more. This is Talk is Cheap here on RMUK, and I'm your host, Bruger Codger, taking calls from all you night owls out there for another hour or so. So give me a call here. Let me know what's on your mind. Hello, you're on the air with Ruger Codger and Talk is Cheap. Who am I talking with? Yes, oh... I was listening to the police scanner just now. What's your name, caller? Yeah, I'm calling Ruger Codger. Is this Ruger? That's right, caller. I'm Ruger Codger. Who are you? Am I on the radio right now? Uh, You sure are. Who am I talking with? Hey, Mama. Turn on the radio. I'm talking to Ruger Codger. What? Turn on the... You want to tell me your name, caller? No, my name ain't Caller. It's Floyd. Floyd Grimes. Okay, Floyd. What's on your mind right now? Oh, well, I'm down here just outside of Ditchwater near Bucolic Estates, and I was listening to the police scanner. I'm on the neighborhood watch, you know, me and my wife, and Mama and I, I call my wife Mama. I've called her that ever since Bertha Berlinder Sue was born, and she's just been Mama for so long I don't even remember her real name anymore. Louise? Ermintrude? I don't remember. Everybody just calls her Mama. So, Floyd... Only back then I still called her Little Mama. Of course, she ain't so little now. I just kind of dropped the little once she tipped the scale at 300. And it pretty much stuck right on through the next seven. So? That's kids. The next seven kids, not pounds. We had 14 of them all together, but lost one. That was little Floyd Jr. Took him up with us to the monkey ward up in Big Head City and never saw him again. That was, oh, let's see, I think he just turned 32 that year. Uh Uh-huh. So it would have been, I don't really remember the year, but we didn't realize he'd gone until that Christmas when we set the table for dinner and discovered we had an extra Santa Claus's coming to town, three-piece place setting that nobody was using. Really? And what with all the spouses and grandkids and everybody, we did the math and figured out little Floyd was the one missing. Course, he weren't so little either, took after his mama side of the family, so... So, Floyd, you mentioned something about listening to the police scanner. What's that? 
Oh, yeah, like I said, Mom and I are on the neighborhood watch, and we generally take the night shift because that's when most of the good stuff happens. And? And Mom and I don't need much sleep anymore, so we try to keep an eye on things for everybody. So I was just now listening to the police scanner while Mama was keeping watch out the picture window that looks out on the main road, and I heard dispatch send out a... Oh, let me see. I wrote it down here. Uh... Dispatch sent out a 5150. Uh huh. A 25.0624. Uh huh. An 8675309 and a 711 to the Fuzzy Duck Gallery out on Ditchwater Road North. That sounds serious. For all the folks listening in, can you tell us what those codes mean? Oh, yeah. The 5150 is a fire call. The 250624 is a burglary call. The 8675309 is an ambulance call. And the 711 is a cup of coffee with cream and sugar. Well... That last one's probably not too important, but the rest of them are. Sounds like something important's going on out there tonight. Listeners, if anybody knows what's going on out there at the, what is it, the the Fuzzy Duck Gallery, call in and share what you know. And let's take a short break here for station identification. R-M-U-K. Bucky Landing. Are you suffering from hemorrhoid flare-ups? Try the new Italian suppository innuendo. I'm wearing handcuffs. Shut up, Harmon. I'm sitting in the back of a police car, and I'm wearing handcuffs. I know that, Harmon. Shut up. I've never been in handcuffs. Not once. Not ever, never, never in my whole life. Well, except for that one time with that traveling trapeze artist, and they were the warm, fuzzy kind, not real ones like these. I don't want to hear it, Harmon. I told you. Don't go there, Harmon. But I did. I told you we were going to get in trouble. Don't push me, Harmon. It's your fault. What did you say? I said it's all your fault! All right, guys, let's pack it in and head on back to the firehouse. Scooter, stop playing with the damn hose and get in the truck. Libby, where's your helmet? Next to that bush. Well, go get it. Damn it, those things don't grow on trees, you know. It was hot. Buck, there's no need for that. The fire truck ain't even moving yet. And Buck, remember, we only use the siren when we're going to a fire. Not when we're coming back. Come on, people, get your asses in gear and move it. I'd like to get a little shut-eye sometime tonight. Oh, hey there, Jenny. Hey, Bonnie. Looks like you're finding out the downside of being chief of volunteer fire department, huh? Yeah, you're right about that, Jenny. Some of the guys just don't seem to take it too serious. I seem to recall that you were one of those guys not too long ago. Yeah, I know, but it's different when you're the one giving the orders. I gotta say, I love the new hairstyle, girl. Hey, I've been meaning to ask, is your cousin Tammy Faye still selling Mary Kay? No, she's got a big, brown, and beautiful franchise now. Uh, Jenny, you might want to check out what's going on inside your police car over there. It's kind of bouncing and rocking back and forth. Nothing to worry about. That's just Harmon and Virgil working out their differences. 
I'm gonna give him a few more minutes. I gotta ask, Jenny, what's a Harmon and Uncle Virgil have to do with all this? Well, when I got here, I was afraid Virgil had killed Harmon and then started the fire to try to cover up the crime. Oh, man, seriously? Yeah, well, it looked bad. Harmon was laying on the ground, covered in blood. There was a fire inside. I cuffed Virgil and told him to get in the squad car while I took care of Harmon. I started CPR on him, but he came to as soon as I started doing chest compressions on him. Thank God. You got that right. No, and Harmon, he probably would have just laid there and pretended he was still unconscious if you'd started giving him mouth to mouth. Ew. So did he say what happened? He said somebody hit him on the head and knocked him out. Turned out the only actual blood on him was from a little cut on his head. All the red stuff on his shirt was beet juice. Beet juice? That's weird. Weird, but not surprising. If I had to choose, who in Monkey Landing would be most likely to end up lying in a parking lot in the dead of night covered in beet juice? It, it would, would be, be Harmon. Right. I gotta ask you, though. You say you told Uncle Virgil to go get in this patrol car and he did it? Seriously? He didn't try to run or anything? I wouldn't really peg Virgil as a runner, Bunny. Come to think of it, I don't think I've ever seen him work up to anything more than an unusually fast lumber. I gotta say, that has to be a Slatter family first. Bunny, he's not the first Slatter to go to jail. No, but he's the first one to go there without having all four tires shot out first. All right, Jenny. I think we're about ready to wrap it up here. Hey there, Bunny. Hey, Chief Chief. How you doing? We're about ready to pull out, too. Hey, I saw you talking to Miss Duplant. Tough break having her art gallery broken into and arsonized. Yeah, I asked if she knew anyone would want to do it, and also if she had any enemies she knew of, real or imagined. But that was a dead end. I'm kind of leaning towards Antifa eco-terrorists or spontaneous combustion myself, although I've heard the New World Order might be testing out a new kind of flammable contrail. Sounds reasonable. Oh, for... How about we look at the possibilities somewhere in the neighborhood of our own actual planet? What? what? Oh, you mean like aliens? Oh, wow. Seriously? It's a thought, but uh, no, no, I haven't had anybody reporting any unauthorized saucer landings or anal probes lately. Although Ms. Gooch did say she had a colonoscopy last month. Hmm... I better make a note to talk to her. I've heard there's some aliens working at the chicken nugget plant. Really? Oh, oh wait, no, no. <laughs> I can tell you right now, Bunny, somebody was blowing smoke up your skirt on that one. I know the head of HR over there, Jim Gherkin. He and I play golf together every now and then. And he's told me many, many times that every damn person working at that plant is a total red-blooded American. Oh, wow. Seriously? Because you know I did hear some things. Uh, Jim says rumors about them hiring illegal aliens only got started because the plant here in Mucky Landing has some kind of special Mexican culture immersion training. Not real sure why, but he tells me they get candidates from all over to train here. Apparently, the real go-getters will even act like they don't understand English. That's how serious they take it. A lot of them look like they might be from way down south of the border, but Jim says nope. Every one of them is a dyed-in-the-wool, true-blue American. Nicest folks you'd ever want to meet, even if you can't talk to them. No, I'd say this business tonight has un-American activity written all over it. Nothing to do with anyone from the Nugget plant. Oh, my God. Look, I talked with Virgil and Harmon. Oh, right. Forgot about them. 
What do they have to say? They both said it was a tall, heavy-set person. Big guy, huh? Well, shit. What? Well, it, if it was a tall, heavy-set guy, then there goes the Antifa eco-terrorist theory. Those guys are all short, wiry little fellas. Comes from spending so much time hanging around in trees, is the way I hear it. Malnourished, you know. Damn it to hell. Oh shit, I kind of like that one. Hey, Chief, you think it could be one of those meth lab guys? Oh, there's a good one. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that's a possibility. Meth lab guys. Putting that one on my list. Anything else, Jenny? Yeah, the guy that hit Harmon was wearing a mask. Wait, what? Wow, a mask? Seriously? Virgil couldn't swear to it because he just caught a glimpse of it, but he said it kind of reminded him of a voodoo mask. Harmon, on the other hand, swears he was attacked by Beetlejuice and Michael Jackson's overweight love child, but that might just have been due to the head whomping. Oh, voodoo, huh? I like it. So, did you find any evidence that backs up their story? Possibly. Found a short length of two-by-four with blood on it laying on the floor, and about ten feet away was Harmon's hat. I'm pretty sure we'll find the blood belongs to Harmon, and there are red marks on the floor indicating where Virgil dragged Harmon to the front door and out of the building. Might be blood, might be beet juice. So what were they doing here in the first place? Virgil said they'd been to the shot in the dark for a couple of beers, and then they were out testing a... Hang on a second. I've got it here in my notes. Okay, they were testing a Deer Blinder 2000 they bought for the store. He only pulled into the parking lot here because Harmon needed to pee. And what did Harmon have to say? Harmon says he has no idea how he got here. But that's pretty much what he always says after he's been out at the shot in the dark. Sounds about right. Well, we got a lot on the table here, guys. Uh, girls, uh, uh, oh, the hell with it. Uh, look, I'll meet you back at the station, Jenny. Tell Virgil and Harmon to head on home and stop by the station in the morning. I was actually going to take him back to the station. No, no, it's late. Tell them to stop by the station in the morning. Not that I think they'll have anything interesting to offer, but let's get the paperwork right. I'm more interested in talking to Miss Goot. Uh, right, Chief. Well, we'll need to get the state arson investigator in here. I'll have him call you. Jenny, what do you think actually happened here tonight? It may sound stupid, but my gut feeling is to believe Harmon and Virgil. They both have pretty much the same story. It looks like there's physical evidence, and Harmon would have told me in a heartbeat if Virgil was the one who clonked him. I think I'm looking for a third party, and this isn't the first mysterious fire we've had around here recently. Oh, yeah, there was that one down at the Duplant Nugget plant, wasn't there? You know, it's funny. The only reason I was even out this way was because I was coming back from a call about a cougar roaming around bucolic estates. Oh, let me guess. Miss Gatter Watts on the prowl again? Oh, not this time, no. It was actually just one of those big pussy cats from over by Atomic Farms. Oh, man. Those things give me the creeps. Oh, I don't mind them. I shot the kitty with the tranquilizer, tied it to the roof with the Kevlar straps and turnbuckles we keep in the trunk of the squad car, and dropped it off out back of the nuke plant. I was on my way back to Mucky Landing when I drove by here and noticed activity in the parking lot. Could have knocked me over with a feather when I found Virgil and Harmon. You know, I've always had my suspicions about this place. Who in the hell opens an art gallery out in the country between Mucky Landing and Ditchwater? 
You ask me, this place is just a cover for some of those fly-by-night meth lab guys. Yeah, you mentioned the meth lab thing. I don't know, Bunny. Oh, those meth lab guys set up in all sorts of places, you know. Heard not too long ago about two homeless guys who set one up in the ceiling of an actual real-life Walmarts. No kidding. Oh, yeah. They were cooking their meth up there just as pretty as you please, just like you and me cooking up a mess of eggs and scrapple. And the customers down below are just loading up their carts with fruit of the looms and mouthwash and whatnot, with no clue about all the crime going on right over their heads. And they wouldn't have gotten caught either, except for one of them was clowning around lighting his farts with a bick and blew the place up. Huh. I did not hear about that. Oh, yeah. You gotta watch out for those meth lab guys. You never know where they'll turn up. Well, I don't think we have to worry about that here. Old Ms. Japlan owns a fuzzy duck gallery, along with chicken nugget plant and Lord knows what all else. I don't think she needs the income from a meth lab to keep herself afloat. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, guess I better get this gang out of here and see about getting some sleep. See you later, Jenny. So long, Bunny. Okay, guys, let's hit the road. Buck, get her in gear. Let's go. Buck, damn it, turn that thing off. Buck, Jesus Christ. And there's no word yet on the cause of last week's late night fire at the Fuzzy Duck Art Gallery in Dishwater. The fire caused the cancellation of a much-anticipated show by local artist Myrtle Merkel, since the gallery is now closed indefinitely for repairs. One of Ms. Merkel's paintings was destroyed by the fire, and the rest of the gallery and its contents suffered extensive water damage, thanks to the efforts of the Mucky Landing Ditchwater Lesser Metropolitan Area Volunteer Fire Department. MLDLMA Volunteer Fire Chief Bunny Slatter says they'll try to do better next time. And in other news, the women of Ditchwater High's roller derby team, the Screaming Valkyries, crushed St. Agnostica's whining novices in a winner-take-all grudge match last night with a score of, um, uh, now, now where did, oh, who gives a shit? The only people interested in this were at the game. What time is it? Oh, it's that time. Cut to commercial. Or not. Whatever. Well, hello there, empty bourbon glass. Oh, you look so sad. Hey, I'll bet I know what you want. Maybe some, uh, Evan Williams? No? Well, then, how about some Knob Creek? No, no, you're absolutely right. Yes, we finished that off yesterday. What's that, you say? Maker's Mark? Oh, excellent choice. Sally? Ice! Aloysius, I'll put one of these tomatoes where the sun don't shine if you don't get your butt off that produce scale. Go on now, get out of the way. Damn it, dog, these tomatoes better not be bruised. Let me get a Santa wipe out of the dispenser here. I'll just wipe this tray down before anybody gets here. All right, there we go. Now, where'd Harmon put the damn trash can? Shit. He never puts anything back where it belongs. I swear he was raised by Italian wolves. Tomatoes don't look too bad. I just put these back on the stand. Where'd that other one go? Ah, shit, it rolled way underneath there. Let me see if I can... Reach it. Oh! 
Oh, hey, Virgil. Sorry I'm late. I got locked into my house this morning. What you doing all bent over like that? I had a sudden urge to perform an interpretive dance here in front of the produce stand. What does it look like? Well, personally, I'd give it a ten, but I wouldn't count on the Russian judge. Anyway, I'm late because I got locked into my house this morning. You got locked out of your house? No, I got locked into it. It was the dangdest thing. I I went to open the front door to go get in the bluesmobile and come to work like I always do, and then... Oh, it's okay, Harmon. You don't need to give me the whole story. No matter what you say, I'm pretty sure I'm not going to believe at least half of it. Oh, no, you got to hear this. It's really funny. So I head to the front door, and when I try to turn the knob to leave, it wouldn't turn. It wouldn't turn. Right, it wouldn't turn. Then I remembered I left my keys on the kitchen counter anyway, and I had to go all the way back to the kitchen to get them. Adding another ten whole seconds to the clock. Yeah, And while I was heading back there, I thought, well, maybe I'll just go out the back door instead and then go around to the front from there and see if I can figure out what's going on with the front door. Uh Uh-huh. Well, when I got to the kitchen, I saw I'd left my spoon in the sink. And I don't know how I did that because I took it over to the sink right along with my bowl after I ate breakfast. And I'd washed the bowl and put it in the drainer. But there was the spoon still sitting. Harmon, if I can interrupt this fascinating narrative for just a second here... What does a greasy old spoon have to do with you being locked in your house? Well, nothing really, but it wasn't greasy. I just had cereal and milk, no scrapple or anything like that. And I usually eat scrapple with a fork anyway, not a spoon. Harmon. And sometimes a fork and a knife if the scrapple's been fried up too crisp. Harmon, can we skip this part? What part? The part about utensils. Oh, oh, okay. Except it's important to say that stopping and washing the spoon made me even later than I already was. But okay. So I washed the spoon and I put it in the drain. Skipping ahead. Skipping ahead. Oh, oh, right. So I did that. And I picked up my keys and I went to turn the knob to go out the back door. And (laughs) you won't believe this. Guess what? It wouldn't turn. Right. Hey, this happened to you too? No. Then how did you... I'm smart, Harmon. We've just spent what feels like a small eternity that I'll never get back talking about your knobs and utensils. You think we can wrap this up and get back to running this store sometime today? You haven't even started the coffee yet. Yeah, okay, okay. So I headed back up the hall to check the front door again, but it still wouldn't turn. And I'd left my keys back in the kitchen again, so... Harmon! Morning, Virgil. Hey there, Harmon. Mabel Sprout, how you doing? Well, hey there, Mabel. I'm feeling about as low as Dolly Parton's favorite brassiere this morning. What's the matter? Well, I didn't get to see Myrtle Merkel's dirty art show. Herb Tittlemeister and I broke up and I'm all out of coffee. I'm sorry to hear that, Mabel. What happened with you and Herb? Oh, the old coot got mad when he caught me flirting with another man. Jealous type, is he? So who were you flirting with? His father. Now I know where Herb got that interesting smooching technique from. You got any of that extra caffeinated coffee in stock? Popper's Blast-Off Triple Strong Coffee Flakes? Sure do. It's in the Homeland Security and Breakfast Products aisle, just past the freeze-dried bacon. And we got both kinds, with or without caffeine nuggets. Yeah, I need me some of them nuggets today. I'm just not my usually perky self until I get that first cup of coffee. Harmon, coffee. Does that remind you of anything? Um, no, not really. Oh, wait, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Right now, it's reminding me of Mabel Sprout. Lord, grant me strength. Harmon! What? Go make the damned coffee. You've got a lunch counter to run. Oh, right, coffee. 
but wait, don't you want to hear the rest of the story, how I got locked into my house? No. Right now, all I want to hear is you making coffee. And damn it, I need to get rid of this wipe, and I can't figure out where the hell you hid the damn trash can. Every time I turn around, it's in a different place. Under the counter, back in the corner, up in the rafters. Hey, I only put it up in the rafters that one time when the roof was leaking. Which would have been a smart move if you'd brought it back down before you emptied it. Oh, yeah. As it was, it was a Harmon move. Yeah, I had to apologize to Ms. Fickles for drowning her rats. That was a mink stole she was wearing, Harmon, not rats. Looked like big New York City rats biting each other's asses. No, it was a very expensive fur piece. Cost us a fortune to get it cleaned. Really? Well, that solves a mystery. I always wonder how she managed to talk those rats into hanging around her neck like that. You know... I think I've already had my full Harmon quotient for the day. Harmon, please go make the coffee before my urge to kill you overwhelms my urge to stay out of jail. Now, I'm tired of playing today's episode of Find the Trash Can, so take this and throw it away and keep an ear out for the door. I gotta go refill some candy jars. Yeah, okay, Virgil, no problem. Jeez, what a grouch. Ooh, this must be one of those new ladies' perfume wipes we got in last week. Nice. Hey, Mabel, did you hear I got locked into my house this morning? So I'm in the bathroom, standing on the toilet, trying to turn the lock on the window in there, you know. And get this, you are not going to believe it, but... Don't tell me it wouldn't turn. Right. Okay, Harmon, that's enough. Huh? I told you I just came in here to get coffee. I need my coffee. Oh, okay, so I'll wrap it up real quick. I'm nearly done, okay? So I'm working on the lock on the bathroom window. That does it, Harmon. You can't say I didn't warn you. Now stand aside and let me get my coffee. Holy shit, Mabel, you just blew a hole in the ceiling. Hell is going on over there? Mabel, Harmon, you okay? Whoa, Mabel, put the gun away. It's okay, Virgil. I just needed Harmon to stop yammering on about his damned locks and knobs. Ah, okay, gotcha. With you on that one, Mabel, totally understandable. Good. Here, Virgil. Here's enough to cover the coffee. And the hole in the ceiling. Uh, okay. And Harmon, don't ever get between me and my coffee. No, ma'am. I surely won't. Scout's honor. I told you, I'm not my usually perky self before I've had my first cup of coffee. Harmon? Yeah, Virgil? You heard what Mabel said, didn't you? Oh, I did, Virgil. I most surely did. Lesson for both of us right there, I think. You got that right. I gotta go clean up back there. Clean up? Yeah, I was back in the bulk candy section refilling a jar with gummy worms when Mabel shot off her gun. And now I've got worms all over the floor. Now, for crying out loud, go make some coffee and keep an eye out for the customers until I can get back up here. Sure thing, Virgil. Make the coffee, Harmon. Find the trash can, Harmon. Throw this away, Harmon. Do this, do that. I have to do everything around here. Now, at least I don't go around dropping gummy worms all over the floor. Now, where'd that trash can go? Harmon! Oh, God! Oh, hey there, Mama Slatter. Jeez, you just scared the shit out of me. Where's Virgil? We got a family emergency going on here, and I need to talk to him. Well, he's in the back. Hey, Virgil, your mama's here. Hi. Yeah, what the hell's wrong now? Aloysius, no. Get out of that. Drop it. 
You hear me? Drop it. Damn it to hell. You're going to be dribbling gummy worms out of your south end from here to eternity. Gummy worms? What the hell is Virgil thinking letting his dog eat out of the bait locker? I don't know. Aloysius looks a lot like bait. Maybe somebody just shoved him in there by mistake. He needs to be feeding that dog table scraps, not letting him eat up the profits. Well, you tell him, Mama Slatter. He doesn't pay a lick of attention to me when it comes to that dumb dog. Well, I wouldn't listen to you either, Harmon, just on general principle. Okay, what kind of problem you got this time, Mama? You don't ever stop by here unless it's some kind of an emergency. You know I'd shop here more often if your prices were as good as the Walmarts. Thanks, Mama. That's some kind of family loyalty right there. Virgil, I don't have time to stand around boo-hooing about your high prices. It's your sister. Great. Which one? Vinnie Jean. She's in jail. What for this time? Assault with a deadly weapon. Oh, shit. Who'd she attack? Her boyfriend, Beans. Beans Hooter? She's dating old Beans Shooter? I didn't know that. They moved in together a couple of months ago. What kind of weapon did she use? Please tell me she didn't have a gun. No. Chief Chief took her gun away after Dickie Butts broke up with her. Dickie Butts? I hate that guy. Wish she had shot him. Would have served him right. So, what did she use? Knife, brass knuckles, what? A pork loin. A pork loin? A frozen pork loin. Ouch. Just thinking about that makes me clench. All right, Mama, let's head on down to the police station and see if we can straighten this thing out. I've already done that, Virgil, and that's why I came by here. Chief Chief said he'd let her out on her own recog... Recogni... He'd let her out as usual until her trial if she was supervised 24-7 by a responsible family member. (laughs) Finny Jean better get used to wearing stripes. Shut up, Harmon. So I told him I'll stay with her at night, and during the day, she'll be working here at the store with you. What? Hey, that's a great idea. No, it's not. Yes, it is. Look, if she broke up with the beans, that means she's single again. I... You know, what I meant to say is she's going to need some responsible, mature male companionship in her life to keep her on the straight and narrow and to, you know, watch over her and and give her advice and guidance and shit. And that would not be you, Harmon. You know damn well every time one of my sisters shows up here at the store, nothing gets done because you're too busy mooning after them with your tongue hanging out and pestering them to go out with you. Hey, it's not my fault if your sisters are hot. No. Out of the question, Mama. I've got a business to run and I am not babysitting Vinnie Jean. Why can't you or Velma watch her? Oh, quit your bitching, Virgil. No way can I have Vinnie Jean hanging out with me at the auto salvage yard. I got a bunch of hot, sweaty young studs working for me out there, and that just has trouble written all over it. And your sister's strip club isn't any better. Too many men and too much booze. Nope. Here at the store is the best place for her. She'll be perfectly safe with you and Harmon. Hey, wait a minute. No offense, Harmon. Now, I need to get on out to the salvage yard. Velma's at the house with her now. She'll drop her off here as soon as she's dressed. Oh, she doesn't have to do that. But, Mama... Zip it, Virgil. It's decided. Your little sister would do the same for you if you needed help. We slatters look out for ourselves. You know that. Yes, Mama. Vinnie Jean working here. Wow. Oh, but, uh, hey, hey, don't you worry, Verge. I promise I will not let Vinnie Jean distract me from my work. Matter of fact, I can even take her back in the kitchen with me. Uh, Teach her some of the tricks of the diner trade. You know, just to, uh, uh, keep her out of your hair. Oh, this is going to work out great. Uh, You'll see. What could possibly go wrong? Breath mint? Hi there. I'm Chris Polo, creator of Mucky Landing. 
The Mamalorian featured Mike Polo as Virgil Slatter, Bruce Leister as Harmon Truesdale, Mike Barco as Ruger Codger, John Hulse as Floyd Grimes, Kane Mowry as Officer Jenny Pilsner, Will McVeigh as Volunteer Fire Chief Bunny Slatter, Dick Pack as Police Chief Neville Chief, Kevin Smith as Mitch Pohunk, Gina Shuck as Mabel Sprout, and Aaron Rich as Mama Slatter. Sound design and editing is by Mike Polo, and our theme song and incidental music is written and performed by our music director, the hypothetically infragable Jim Rezac. For more of Jim's music, check out jimrezacmusic.com. This episode marks the end of our first season, and what a ride it's been. We've had a blast, and even received an award from the 2021 Here Now Audio Fiction and Arts Festival. As a Gold Award winner, Mucky Landing will be featured as an official 2021 festival listening selection, beginning June 24th at natf.org. Speaking of winning, let's move on to our first anniversary giveaway. Congratulations to our grand prize winner, John Dixon of Karens, Texas. John will receive a Mucky Landing tote bag full of stuff that Virgil bought off of Dickie Butts and can't get rid of, including our official Federal Cussin Commission swear jar, an autographed copy of the script for Virgil Gets a Dog, and other useless gear. Our other winners of Mucky Landing swag are Michael Nemeth of Palmerton, Pennsylvania, Michael Clark of Rancho Santa Margarita, California, Jeanette Hanna of Cleburne, Texas, Sherry Abbott of Alton, Virginia, Rochelle Haynes of Chicago, Illinois, Lydia Grants of Vandergrift, Pennsylvania, Warren Kaiser of Castlewood, Virginia, Marcus Fry of Cedar Park, Texas, Deborah Stangby of Rowlett, Texas, and Sandra McDonald of Stafford, Virginia. Harmon picked out some merch for you guys based on whether he could make a dirty joke out of your name or not, so be careful when you open it. Congratulations to everybody and huge thanks to all who entered. Before we go, I'd like to share a lovely review we received from Potato Lady Bex Goose on Apple Podcasts. The cheerful, goofy, and overzealous characters in this audio drama had me laughing and shaking my head. It's a fun story that centers around an incredibly small, sleepy town. I liked the premise and the writing very much. It made me want to hear more. Thank you, Potato Lady. Leave your review of Mucky Landing on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser.com or drop us a line at mail at MuckyLanding.com and maybe we'll share your comments on one of next season's episodes. Thank you to all of our listeners. We look forward to assaulting your ears with even more lowbrow comedy next season. Mm-hmm.